Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. A great good afternoon to you, and if you're an LSU fan, what a weekend it was. LSU baseball solidified itself as the best team in the nation with a series win over Arkansas. Softball won a big road series. Two former Tiger golfers picked up a huge check, and women's basketball punched its ticket to the Final Four for the first time in 50 years. How about them Tigers? My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite of the EFCO Development Studios. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. He's on the campus of Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. Head west, you'll find KLCJ, where we're on 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because uh, we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Wow. In just her second year with the program, forget about the outfits. The lady can flat out coach. She can recruit. Kim Mulkey is LSU headed to the Final Four for the first time in 15 years, thanks to a 54-42 Elite Eight victory over Miami. You think coaching matters? Yes, it does. It was a game that will not go to the Naismith Hall of Fame, one of the worst shooting games I've ever seen in my entire life. LSU was 19 of 63 from the field. That's 30.2%. But guess what? They held Miami to only 18 made field goals in 57 attempts for a 31.6% field goal percentage. LSU was abysmal from downtown, one of 12, 8.3%. But if you can be lower than abysmal, that's what Miami was as they were 0 for 15 from downtown. LSU pounded the glass, a 49-35 to advantage. They took 17 more free throws and made nine, of, nine more than Miami. And despite shooting 57.7% from the free throw line, LSU figured out a way to get a win. And that is the sign of a dangerous team when they don't play their best on the biggest stage and still figure out a way to win because they play defense and they rebound. They had an 18 to six advantage in points 
coming from turnovers. They had a 34-28 advantage of points in the paint, 15-3 advantage on second chance points, 15-6 advantage on fast break points. They limited Miami to single digits, eight in the first quarter, seven in the third. It was not beautiful. But, oh, it was gorgeous at the end. And LSU punches his ticket to the final four. We'll hear from Alexis Morris, who led the way with 21 points. And despite going 0 for 9 in the first half and only 3 of 15 on the game, Angel Reese gets another double-double with 13 points to go along with, most importantly, 18 rebounds. And we'll hear from Kim Mulkey who's won three national championships, and she told everybody, keep pull, hit the brakes a little bit. It's too soon. It's too soon. But they're there, and they're heading to Dallas. Pretty darn sweet. Pretty darn sweet. Unbelievable. Um, so congratulations to them. LSU baseball uh, remained number one in the country. 21 and three overall, four and two in the SEC. They lost the opener on Friday to Arkansas in 10 innings, nine to three. Then because of what they expected to be bad weather, which never materialized, they played a double dip on Saturday. They run ruled Arkansas in game one, 12 to two. They came back and won the nightcap 14 to 5 LSU baseball back in uh, in good 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 position and um they play Grambling on Tuesday and then they've got Tennessee coming for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But here's Jake Johnson the head coach talking about a pitcher who kind of started off rough threw a couple of hit a couple of players but boy did he recover Here's Jake Johnson on Ty Floyd. Yeah, super proud of Ty. Um, he got off to a rocky start. Wagner was a terrific hitter and um, was really strong. And actually couldn't even believe that ball went out, to be honest with you. Um, but what a response. You know, I mean, Wes is going to go do most of the mountain visits. I just went out there and just said, hey, man, it's a long day today. We just need you to just execute some pitches and stay focused on the present. And then going back out there in the seventh to take him out of the game, I was like, man, this feels a little different this time around coming out here. What a, what a performance by Ty. That was, that was huge. Uh, Ty Floyd remains number five in the nation and hits allowed per nine innings at just 4.10. So he got a great performance out of him, and it was great to see Gavin Dugas, second baseman, who homered twice, collected four runs batted in versus the Razorbacks. Here's the head coach talking about his second sacker. Yeah, no doubt about it. Special day, special performance for him. I'm really proud of him. Um, he's persevered through some mostly injury adversity, and, um, and we're not the same team right now without him. So very thankful for his contribution and leadership uh, and play. I mean, he, I think he's played airless at second base, and offensively it's just big hit after big hit after big hit, or he's setting the table for those other guys. And um, really, really pleased with Gavin. Again, Grambling State on Tuesday and then another big weekend series starting on Thursday when the Volunteers of Tennessee come to town with their um, 
animated head coach who rubs LSU fans just the wrong way. In softball news, the 12th-ranked Tigers followed a similar script as the baseball team did. They lost the first game of the weekend, then roared back and won the next two to take the series over Ole Miss. With the road win, LSU improved to 26-6 and on the season, 4-5 and in SEC play. They returned to Tiger Park March 30th through the 8th through April 2nd for the Purple and Gold Challenge, where they'll host BYU, Louisiana Tech, and NC State during the Tigers' SEC bye week. Oh, it was quite the weekend for former LSU star Sam Burns and David Toms. Sam Burns was just dynamic. A former standout at LSU, the 2017 National Player of the Year, claimed his fifth career PGA Tour title on Sunday when he soundly beat Cameron Young 6-5 and five in the championship match of the World Golf Championship's Dell Technologies match play at Austin Country Club. To advance to the championship match, he beat the world's number one ranked player in the semifinals, Scott Scheffler, on Sunday morning. They had to go to three extra holes with Burns winning the match with a birdie on the third playoff hole. The win Sunday afternoon was worth three and a half million dollars from the elevated PGA and final World Golf Championship event. The win is the biggest of Burns' PGA Tour career and comes just two weeks before the Masters, April 6th through the 9th in Augusta, Georgia. Meanwhile, David Todd. A two-time All-American at LSU in 1988 and 1989 also won on Sunday on the PGA Championships Champions Tour, winning the Gallery Classic in Rancho Mirage, California. Tom's entered the final round with a one-stroke advantage. Looked like he may have a challenge in the final round from Ratif Goosen, who played earlier in the day and moved to 12 under after a round of 65. But Tom's had five birdies on the back night to shoot his own 65 and finish at 16 under yes indeed david toms and company so congratulations uh to them the big news in the world of sports well feelings get hurt and lamar jackson unleashed his latest surprise in his ongoing contract saga with the baltimore ravens this morning announcing that he requested a trade from the team just as coach John Harbaugh sat down to speak to reporters at the NFL's annual league meeting. Jackson, who represents himself, tweeted that he requested the trade on March the 2nd as the team, quote, has not been interested in meeting my value in contract talks. Hmm. I love the game of football. My dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. Raven fans are great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. Now, when somebody says that, there's no way they can come back. <laughs> there's no way. 
Um, and I promise you, there is collusion involved in this thing because owners don't want to have to pay that that large amount of guaranteed money. So I don't know what Lamar Jackson's going to do. I don't know who's going to step up to the plate and and figure out uh, what they can do because the Ravens placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on Jackson on March the 7th, five days after Jackson said he made his trade request, which allowed him to negotiate with other teams. If Jackson signs an offer sheet, Baltimore would have five days to either match it or receive two first round picks as compensation. If there is no offer sheet, Jackson would earn $32.416 million this season if he plays under the tag. Harbaugh was asked if he thought Jackson would have played this season under the tag. He says, I don't know. I haven't spoken to him about that. So let's wait and see. Meanwhile, the, uh, the final four is set for men's basketball and the most improbable that you could ever, ever imagine. But what great theater it has been. Just remarkable. Um, Florida Atlantic versus San Diego State. How about that? How about that? Miami, they couldn't get it done on the women's side, but the men under head coach Jim Laranega with a big come-from-behind win over Texas will meet UConn. No number one seeds. The only semi-blue blood, blue blood because they've won four national championships is UConn. And then the rest, well, the rest is, I, I think it's kind of exciting. I really do. Um, I'm enjoying it. San Diego State with the one-point win over Creighton. Miami down by 13 in the second half. Bounces back to win it 88-81. to 81. So, game one in the final four on Saturday. San Diego State versus Florida Atlantic. That's a five-seed versus a nine-seed. And in the nightcap, it'll be fifth-seeded Miami over uh, taking on fourth-seeded UConn. I think I read where 37 brackets out of a total of 20 million picked actually picked those four teams in the final four. That's one out of every 500,000 brackets got it right. Good luck. God bless them. How they figured that out is remarkable, but they did. All right, I'm running so short on time here. Our guest list. We're next up. We're going to hear from Alexis Morris. We're going to hear from Kim Muckley with Mulkey. We're going to talk LSU women's basketball. Glenn West will join us after that from Go247 Sports. We'll talk LSU baseball. Um and all those things. Uh, at the top of the hour, hour number two, three o'clock, Alex Myers, as we approach Augusta. Two LSU Tigers with big-time wins. Uh, Ali Cassell will join us. The Pelicans, um, right now, uh, they're on a four-game win streak. And they're in the eighth seed in the Western Conference. A half a game behind the Minnesota Timberwolves. One game behind the Golden State Warriors. But the schedule gets daunting. Tonight, the Trailblazers. Tomorrow, the Warriors. We'll talk all about the home stretch. Eight games to go. Can they get it done? 
Ali Cassell will join us to talk about that. And LSU football needs to replace a defensive line coach. Noah Kane, um, I mean, Noah Kane, Jamar Kane moving to the NFL to join the Denver Broncos. Outstanding recruiter. There's a bunch of names that are obvious out there. I don't know which direction Brian Kelly's going to go. Maybe Blake Rafino knows. That's coming your way today. So first time out of the day. Tigers still dancing, getting ready to head to Dallas and the women's final four. How about that? We'll hear from Kim Mulkey, Alexis Morris next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's crawfish time in the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles is giving you a chance to win everything you need to throw the ultimate crawfish boil party. It's the game's ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by St. Landry Lumber, Cody's Crawfish, and Iron Horse Sales and Service. Go register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score a $500 Visa gift card, a boiling pot, burner, paddle, ice chest, tumblers, chairs, and two giant sacks of live crawfish. Plus, we're going to throw in a pair of Astros tickets. What? Enter now. It's the ultimate crawfish boil giveaway. Cooked up by St. Landry Lumber, Cody's Crawfish, Iron Horse Sales and Service, and the game. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we get things underway on this Monday, March 27th with, um, wow, just a remarkable, remarkable story as LSU's women's basketball team heads back to the Final Four for the first time in 15 years. They will play the winner of tonight's Ohio State-Virginia Tech Elite Eight contest on Friday at the American Airlines Center. Remarkable. LSU is 32-2. and Think about that. 32-2. and And I'm not going to say I've said it already. It was it a, was it a beautiful game? No. Kim Mulkey was perfect when she was interviewed. She said, "If I was watching this game, I'd turn it off. That's the worst offense I've ever seen. Can't make layups, can't make free throws, but you know what? You know what a good team is? Is a a good team is a team when things certain things aren't going right, they still figure out a way to win. To win. 54 to 42. And look, this this is just beginning. Angel Reese is coming back. Yeah, they lose Alexis Morris, but they got the top recruiting class coming. And you know, Kim Mulkey's going to hit that portal because you know players want to go where they can win. You know that. And they play in that conference that got, what, seven, eight teams into the NCAA tournament? Wow. I mean, how about that? So, incredible. Again, LSU couldn't shoot it, couldn't throw it into the Chafalaya Basin. 
the Lake Pontchartrain, the Gulf of Mexico. But guess what? Miami couldn't either. They couldn't either. LSU was getting all the shots they wanted. They just couldn't make them. LSU's defense was pretty darn good. They held Miami to single digits in the first period, eight. In the third, seven. The only player with a pulse offensively was Alexis Moore. She's eight for 22 from the field. Nobody, I mean, she was 0 for 4 from downtown. Five of eight from the free throw line. She had four steals. Two assists. She handled the basketball. After the ball game, Alexis Morris talked about, hey, it's got to go play your game. I just think we needed to like just relax and calm down and just let the game come to us. You know, we wanted to win so bad. We just we've been we dreamed about cutting the nets, and I just think at first we were just anxious. Everybody just wanted to win. Um, yeah, I mean we didn't shoot the ball well. We haven't been shooting the ball well in our last two games. But only thing we can control is our defense and our effort, and that's what we did tonight. And we let that dictate our game. You ain't kidding, sister. You are not kidding. She gets to go home to finish her collegiate career in Dallas. Her thoughts about that. Everything, my journey, um, everything I've been through with this sport, I love this game. Um, I'm just happy to, to be able to do it with Coach Moki and my teammates and for this program and the people who came before us. I said it, and it's like I kind of just spoke it into existence, right? God did Pretty cool that uh, Vanessa Bryant um, gifted all the Tigers some uh, some Kobe shoes in that um, Grinch green color. That was pretty cool. Very classy act. Some wore it. Some didn't. Hey, whatever. Kim Mulkey, star point guard back in her day. High school, college. She understands the value. All of her national championship teams had a really good point guard. And when the game gets down to the old nitty-gritty, you better have one. Her thoughts on Alexis Morris's performance last night. Well, she'll tell you it wasn't a good performance. She'll tell you she complained every time out about too much air in the balls. Isn't that funny? But in all seriousness, we need to check those balls out because it's not even fun for me to watch the men play. I mean, knockdown shots is normal for the men, and they're just rattling all over the rim. Um and it's happening to both teams, so it's not like one team has an advantage. But I know Alexis Morris's ball handling skills, and she'd bring the ball up, and all of a sudden you see that thing just jump off the floor. She had to be, when it got down five minutes or less, 12, 14-point game, 13, whatever it was, you look at someone that has had that much experience in college, and you tell them this is where point guards have to lead and control the flow of the game. They're going to press. They're going to take chances and trap you. Take care of the ball. And um, it makes you more comfortable knowing that you have an older player out there with the ball in her hands. It sure does. 32-2. and two. Final four. Yes, Coach, I would say these girls have had a remarkable year. You know why they say are saying that, they believe that, but we haven't, and I'll answer your question in a minute. 
we have morning devotion. We have devotion every Sunday when we play. And in the SEC, we play a lot of Sunday games. So we have two people that do our devotions for us. One is Shaida. Shaida is our radio person who also used to play basketball at Duke, and she was an assistant on the previous staff at LSU. She's remarkable, a woman of faith. And also our president's wife, Dr. Kim, Dr. Bill Tate's wife, Kim Cash Tate. And um, those two women did our devotion this morning, and it was so touching, so good. And that was part of what Kim uh, Tate was telling them. So when you do, you, you do things, you say, God did. And these two kids have some history behind them. And I remember when I took those transfers, a lot of my coaching friends, man, you got a locker room full of personalities. How are you going to handle that? And I looked at them and I said, do you know me very well? Bring them on. Um, what they need is tough love. What they need is to be held accountable. What they need is a real woman. And um, boy, have they had a remarkable. A remarkable, remarkable year. All the confetti flew down. It's You get caught and lost in the moment, and it's like, wow. But then there's that ride back, and Kim Mulkey talked about what's going to happen when she gets back to Baton Rouge. Do things that you're not supposed to do as quickly as you're supposed to do them, but my life is like this, and my coaches will tell you, I want things done yesterday. If what you did today still looks big to you today, then you haven't done much. And that's just, I want things quick. It'll hit me tonight when we're on that plane going back to Baton Rouge and I'm sitting with my feet propped up tomorrow eating crawfish and go, I got to pack again. To go back to the state of Texas, I'm going to see tons of, of just dear friends in 21 years at Baylor that I made my home. I still have a home there in Waco. I have my home in Baton Rouge. My grandchildren live in Waco. Um, I guess they said God did it, right? Pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Okay, Kim Mulkey, you've been to the Final Four a bunch of times. You've won some national championships. But this is LSU. This is your second year as the head coach. What does this Final Four mean? Chess, I just wanted to come back to the state of Louisiana and come home. Uh, my mom lives 40 minutes away. My son flew in here a minute we get, uh, in the third quarter trying to get him here. He finished spring training with the St. Louis Cardinals. Mackenzie, my daughter, has been on my staff for years, played for me, my grandchildren, my son-in-law, Clay. That's what it means to me at the age I am now. But what really makes me smile is not cutting that net down, is looking around out there at all those LSU people, looking at that team I get to coach, experience it for the first time. This is the first time any of them have ever been to a Final Four, unless Lex went during her journey, I can't remember, but none of the others have been. And that's what it means to me. Pretty darn cool. Tigers survive and advance. 
One of uh, we'll find out who the other two teams that uh, do the same, and then the final four in women's hoops heading to Dallas will be set. We're set to take a timeout. When we come back, LSU won three of its four games last week in baseball. They're still the number one ranked team in the country, and why not? Um, Twenty-one and three. The Tigers' best through 24 games since the 2015 team that also went 21-3. and Glenn West will talk LSU baseball next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you each and every day by the great folks at ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. Over 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana. I'm telling you, if you can't shop right at ShopRite, you can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon, located in Lafayette. Baton Rouge and Mandeville by the Louisiana Lottery. So many games to play, but you can't win until you actually start playing by DC's Little Capital Exxon. Oh, it's got everything you need gas, mints, drinks. But they've got that true soul food deli tucked away in the corner. It's home of the best cheeseburger ever. And by Cajun Chef. You heard Kim Mulkey say she's going to be eating crawfish. Well, share, turn up the taste. Do yourself a flavor with Cajun Chef Hot Sauce. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back 36 minutes, uh, 38 minutes after the hour. Um, sorry about that. On this Monday, March 27th, LSU um, wins two out of three over Arkansas. So LSU in baseball, LSU and Arkansas tied atop the SEC West at four and two. A two-game lead over both Alabama and Auburn. Ole Miss still old. Winless, along with Mississippi State, they're both 0-6. In the East, South Carolina and Vanderbilt remain undefeated, 6-0. Kentucky's 5-1, Florida's 5-1. What a great week it's been for LSU sports. Glenn West, kind enough to join us with Go247 Sports. Big Glenn, how are you, my man? Very, very busy weekend, but uh, very, very productive as well for LSU. You hit the nail on the head there. One quick thought, LSU women, Final Four. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's just an incredible turnaround. Um, look, they they, I, th- I think Kim Mulkey put it best yesterday in the fourth quarter lead-in that if uh, she was watching that game at home, she might have turned it off. But yeah. uh, there was not much offense to be had in that game. It was really a a free throw competition and you know missed layups and a lot of missed three pointers as well. But look, they're they're advancing here to the final four, and I think uh, that is real real progress here in year two to go from. <laughs> A round of 32 team a year ago to a final four team and a chance to play in the the final weekend of the season is just a really incredible uh, feat for this team. 32 and two. I've always said this a lot of to immature teams, they got to see the ball go through the net to help them play better on the other end of the court. Well, this team doesn't need that. They couldn't throw it in Lake Pontchartrain, the Chafalaya Basin, they couldn't throw it in the Gulf of Mexico. But they didn't allow Miami to do the same. So they they limited them. And that's a sign to me of a good team. Um, so God bless them. 
LSU baseball wins uh, two out of three. They, man, I couldn't believe the first game. Yeah. Uh, extra innings and Arkansas just exploded. But to LSU's credit, Ty Floyd settled down. Um, the SEC co-offensive player of the week, Dylan Cruz, does what he does. Uh, sum up the weekend for me. Yeah, so, I mean, look, Friday night was just a pitcher's duel of epic proportions. I yeah. thought uh, Paul Skeens was really uh, in his bag again over the weekend. He just had another really dominant performance. And uh, that was, you know, for a 1-1 game heading into the 10th inning, that Crazy. was a very entertaining ball game. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but just there were a lot of uh, really fun plays, a lot of – uh, you know, defensive plays that were made out there in the field, guys that were, you know, laying their their bodies on the line. And it was just a really fun uh, kind of first game. And then kind of the, the doors blew off them a little bit there in the 10th. They, you know, Christian Little struggled out of the bullpen. They gave up eight runs and it was pretty much over from there. Um, but the the one thing that Jay Johnson said all year long is that they have really responded well to losses. I mean, yeah. if you go back and you look at some of their losses this season, they've come back the next day and really uh, put it on the, the team that they're playing. And so uh, that was certainly the case again on Saturday. They 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 win the doubleheader by a combined score of twenty six to seven. Their offense was just electric. You mentioned uh, Ty Floyd. Uh, he him getting into the seventh inning there was so crucial for them critical for yeah. their bullpen uh, to save them for the third game and uh, you're able to run rule them in the first of the doubleheader which was also really significant because then Garrett Edwards was able to come back for you in the third game and uh, once you're able to take the lead there uh, you're never able to look you're you're able to kind of look look back and 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 kind of take it from there so uh, really good uh, really good weekend you know you're four and two now you face two really good programs, programs that are going to be probably uh, trying to host uh, you know, postseason games later yeah. this season, and uh, you're, you're you're off to a pretty good start. Uh, and you got a red-hot Tennessee team coming in who was 0 for 3 after the weekend number one, and they sweep their weekend series, so they're back to 500 at 3 and 3. I'm not here to to um, disparage our local weathermen. <laughs> I, didn't yeah. see any, I didn't see any rain on Sunday. It was like a pretty beautiful day to me. Yeah, we asked we asked Jay Johnson about this today. He said he slept terribly on Friday, but he slept great on Sunday. So yeah. uh, you had the, the loss there on Friday, but Sunday you're able to get out of the day way there. Yeah. yeah, and look, and then the other thing about that is by having the doubleheader on Saturday, it gives their pitchers now an extra day to recover yes. if you got yes. that Thursday, Friday, Saturday series yeah. uh, coming later this week. So it worked out well in the end for LSU. <laughs> uh, Dylan Cruz just, again, named the SEC Co-Player of the Week. Um, he only batted 625 in four games last week, 10 for 16, four homers, nine ribbies, nine runs. He homered once in each of the four games. This dude may go down as the greatest player in the history of LSU baseball if, and it's a huge ask, if he can continue to play at this pace. It's ridiculous. I mean, he, he's uh, he's certainly making that case. And we asked, I mean, I asked Jay Johnson yeah, on Saturday after the second game if he'd ever seen anything like the start that he's, uh, that Dylan Cruz has had. And he said, look, he's the. He's the best baseball player I've ever seen at any level, and that you know, coming from a coach is is really uh, saying something. And um, you know, I think, look, he he went two for four, I think, in one of the games. He had a home run and a couple him. RBIs. Bench his, him two yeah, for four. Bench him. 
two for four with a home run and a couple RBIs, and his average went down. I mean, that's kind of where we're at with him right now. It's crazy in terms of the season that he's having. So uh, it's been it's been a remarkable year. Um, I think the biggest thing with him is he's just really simplified his approach at the plate. He's not swinging at balls that he shouldn't. Uh, he's waiting to get his pitch, and he's uh, he's delivering. I mean, he's he's just been phenomenal for him. And I wouldn't. There's been no signs of him slowing down either. Uh, doesn't look like Tommy White slowing down either. After that first game when he got hurt a little bit, he's back. And look, LSU leads the country in fielding percentage, so their defense has improved yeah. dramatically from a year ago. Nobody scores more runs than they have, 261. Their pitching's outstanding. They've had seven shutouts. Um, they only allow about 5.7 hits per nine innings. They're number two in the nation. And But on and on and on and on. When you got the pitching and you back it up with the hitting and vice versa, my goodness gracious. Yeah, and you throw the defense in there as well. I mean, look, they're clicking on all cylinders yeah. right now. And um, I think, you know, a couple weeks ago it was a fair point to ask if, if they would be able to, you know, keep this up in SEC play. Um, and now that we've seen a couple of SEC series, I think it's absolutely going to be transferable into the next couple, uh, several weeks here as you get – uh, further and further into your conference schedule. They've just been um, you know, really elite. I think probably the one the one area you're looking at right now as a potential concern is can you get uh Christian Little back on on right. track out of the bullpen? Can you get Thatcher Hurd uh, a little bit calmed down and settled down for for his mm-hmm. you know his starting role? Um, but the, you know, look, everybody else is is really contributing at a high high level right now, and uh, you know they're it's a reason they're the number one team in the country, and they they've stayed that way. Uh, Garrett Edwards got his yeah. opportunity. The right-hander, junior. Um, he he was impressive. Play, pitched both, great story. Uh, both yeah, he's, games of Saturday's doubleheader. Yeah, he's he's got a great story. I mean, Garrett was a guy that um, two years ago looked like he was on the precipice of being one of the elite, elite pitchers in this program. Um, last year battled some injuries, was was uh, really uh, not able to – to push off on his legs the way that he wanted to on the mound. And uh, Jay Johnson was talking about his story today. And in the fall, he, he was kind of struggling a little bit earlier in the fall last year too. And Jay Johnson had a conversation with him like, Hey, you've got to make the team. You know, we, we're, 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 we like you. We like, we like your, your personality and, and, and the potential you have, but he was really struggling. And so he had about a two or three week stretch there where he kind of just mentally refocused, mentally shifted, um, and he's uh, completely turned himself into a, a brand new pitcher. He's throwing mm. 95, 96 on the mound. Uh, he's got a great, great off-speed pitches that have that have complemented his fastball, and um, has been one of the better storylines I think of the entire season so far. He's been absolutely huge for LSU out of the bullpen, getting them out of some really sticky situations. He is Glenn West, go to four seven sports. I saw a picture of Scott Woodward along with Brian Kelly and Matt McMahon going to support the women's basketball team. Meanwhile, he flew back. They had a little spring practice deal. That damn Sean Payton, we're gonna start not liking him. He got us a Super Bowl. <laughs> nice taking defensive line coach Jamar Kane. Um, we'll talk about that. But what anything new? What what did what did Brian Kelly have to say after Saturday's workouts? Yeah, we haven't had a chance to talk with him since Saturday. We talked to a couple players on Saturday, and uh, including Jacoby and Guillory, the defensive lineman, who uh, we 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 got a chance to get his thoughts on on Jamar Kane leaving, and he he wishes him the best. I think there there was a definitely a general sense of of sadness in that room. Jamar Kane, in, in really a year's time, is 
done really good work with that group and, and brought in a lot of new fresh talent that they really like uh, moving forward here. But it was an opportunity that he really wanted. He wanted to get into the NFL. Uh, Sean Payton obviously gave him that opportunity and, uh, you know, he's off to his next stop. And, and for LSU, I think you're looking at a couple different play, uh, de- a couple different options. You can certainly promote from within. They did that with the special teams coordinator and John Jancic. And yeah. uh, I think Kelly likes a lot of the analysts and defensive staff that he has on, on, um, on his payroll right now. So, uh, is there an option there that you can promote from within? Uh, and then there's a couple options that we've been hearing about. Um, Bo Davis is one uh, former uh, former LSU guy and, and and has some ties to Louisiana. Big Bama dude. Yeah, yeah. He's had a really great success at Alabama. Uh, he's currently at Texas. That's certainly an option for LSU in terms of the kind of coach that Kelly likes to have in terms of having Louisiana people in here. Got to be a recruiter. Got to be, be a recruiter. And yeah. I don't know if these guys inside as analysts are recruiters, right? Got to sure. fill that recruiting role. Sure, absolutely. And I think um, that's that's certainly going to play a role into all this is making sure you can pick up the recruiting side of things pretty quickly and having somebody that can continue those relationships, your current commits. They've got a, a couple of edge rushers that they have committed to the class that they really, really like. I think they'd like to hold on to. So mm-hmm. uh, you, you certainly want to see some, some swift movement here, but I think that it's also come at a time to where uh, Kelly can make a, a, a pretty – uh, you know, conscious decision and really take his time with it and uh, hopefully get somebody in here before the end of spring. All right. Pretty good weekend. Softball wins two out of three. Um, your favorite sport, golf. Um, Sam <laughs> Burns, David Toms, both winners over the weekend. Pretty good time to be a Tiger. I got my master shirt on. We got two weeks, masters baby. coming next two weeks. week. Yep, yep, yep. Coming, coming soon. So, uh, big win for Sam. Big win for Sam Burns here. About three, about, about three and a half million worth. Thank you very yeah. much, Glenn West. About what you make in a year. So, thank you, sir. <laughs> I wish. Appreciate your time as always. Mondays are great with you. Thank you, man. Awesome. Thanks, Jordy. Appreciate Glenn it. West, go to four seven sports. We'll take a quick time out here. We'll come back and we will wrap up our number one, set the stage for a very busy hour. Number two next. This is the Jordy Holberg show on the game. One Oh three, seven Lafayette and one Oh four, one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Speaking of the Astros, you want to see them in person? Well, you're in luck because the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our first Astros weekend getaway of the season. Houston takes on the Texas Rangers on Saturday, April 15th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian, a Houston downtown, and the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, 54 minutes after the hour as we uh, get ready to wrap up our number one. Let me tell you about our number two. We've been talking all day about what a weekend it's been for LSU. I'm not sliding the Raging Cajuns nor the Cowboys at all. 
But heck, Sam Burns and David Toms on the PGA Tour and on the Champions, whatever you call the Senior Tour, both winners uh, over the weekend. So that that's just uh, just terrific. We'll talk with a Golf Digest uh, analyst, Alex Myers, about that and the upcoming Masters. It looks like this thing is wide open. You know, I was. It's kind of like when. When Michael Jordan retired, you're like, okay, who's going to carry the mantle? What's going to happen? Um, I think golf is in great shape. These guys are unbelievable. It says a lot when you're playing uh, for third place, mano y mano, and it's Scotty Scheffler versus Rory McIlroy. I mean, that's that's pretty exciting stuff, and it went down to the last hole. Um, so I think golf is in great, great, great shape. Um, and so we'll look forward to talking with Alex about that. Ali Cassell will join us as well. Um, Pelicans riding a four-game win streak. I, I just, just when you think you got it figured out, you don't. And the Pels right now, eight games left to go, eight tough, tough games. Or will they be? You got a couple of teams that already wrapped up a playoff spot. Uh, Denver's wrapped up one. Memphis has dropped up, uh, wrapped up one. Sacramento is going to be there. They've got a six-game lead over Phoenix. H- how is Sacramento going to play the, the remainder of this schedule? Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll talk with Ali Cassell uh, about the Pelicans and more on the LSU defensive line search um, with Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast. Um, Louisiana Derby was held over the weekend, and Kings Barnes uh, went from wire to wire to win the grade two $1 million Louisiana Derby. Um, so congratulations to Kings Barnes and the run for the roses is in the first Saturday in May. All right. Our number one's in the books. Our number two straight ahead. This is the Jordy Helper show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go on this Monday, March 27th, the year 2023. What a weekend it was if you're an LSU fan. Again, LSU women's basketball gets to the final four after a a defensive battle against Miami. LSU baseball remains number one in the country. And if you're a golf fan, oh, shout out for them Tigers, two former Tigers taking care of business on the PGA tour. And I don't know what they call it, the senior tour, whatever they call it, but uh, LSU's reigning Supreme right here, right now as the masters two weeks away. Holy cow. So of course we have to bring in our golf expert from golf digest, the legendary Mr. Alex Myers, Alex, thank you for the time on this Monday. I appreciate it. How are you doing, man? Thank you, Jordy. You're too kind. Uh, you got it. I, I should have figured when you texted me, or I should have figured when Sam Burns won that you'd be texting me because uh, I know you're, you're LSU. You guys love your Tigers. So congratulations on the Sam Burns win. And, yeah, I'm doing great. Happy to talk. 
good. Uh, not only did Sam Burns, you, you know, it's really good when you have Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy going head up for third place. That shows you yeah. the level of golf yeah. that Sam Burns was playing at. It, it, you know, it was a, an incredible week. And again, it's, it's tough to nitpick. Uh, but, you know, with Sam Burns winning so easily in the final, you didn't really get a, a dramatic final. But, right. again, just a great week when you look at who was in the final four, um, when you look who was even in the Sweet 16, when you look at some of the, the fun early matches, um, you, yeah, we get the Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy matchup. It just doesn't happen in the championship match. It happens in the third-place match. It's still pretty, pretty amazing to see those two guys go head-to-head. And, again, those two final four matches were phenomenal yeah. uh, with Burns, you know, topping Scheffler and, and Roar and uh, Cam Young topping Rory McIlroy, both matches going to extra holes. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you had two matches and extra holes, all involving basically, you know, top 15 players in the world. Tough to beat that. So it's kind of sad yeah. to see this event going away. Uh, the tour has hinted that they're thinking of, you know, getting a match play event uh, in the future. Maybe it won't, it won't be next year. There's nothing on the schedule, but hopefully by 2025, because, you know, it's nice to have a change of pace every once in a while, Jordy, from right. the, you know, the four day 72 hole events. I mean, this was a, you know, a marathon match play event. It's kind of, kind of fun to see these guys do battle like that uh, at least once a year. I love it. You, you know, you shoot a 72 in the first round. You're not out of a, you're not out of a contention because you got three more rounds to play. You shoot a 72 on this one, you go home. Uh, so I love it. And yeah. I love the timing with the NCAA tournament, the sweet 16, yada, yada. I, I loved it. But um, you mentioned it um, Sunday morning. Scheffler missed a four foot birdie on the 20th hole of That's the right. semifinal match with Burns. And then Burns goes, gets up and down from a fairway bunker and knocks in a 15 footer to survive and advance. I love it. Uh, you're right. And and I, I'd forgotten about the Scheffler miss, which was stunning. I mean, it looked like the match was over. Um, you're right. The timing of this event was always so cool Perfect. in conjunction with March madness going on because you know, you go back to that first round game, FAU is playing Memphis, and they need a, a, a fortunate call and then a shot at the end just to survive in that first round. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, they make a run all the way to the Final Four. They could still win a title. Sam Burns looked done, and Scheffler misses, and then he wins, and then he goes on and trounces Cam Young in the championship match where he birdies eight of his final ten holes. So you just never know. You know, you, you need to get those breaks, and then you need to take advantage of those breaks. And and we see that every week, of course, in normal tournament play. But it, it does seem more pronounced in match play, um, which represents more, you know, like these other sports where, where you have a game and a one-on-one matchup, and you can see the momentum really shift um, in a situation like that. So you're right. I mean, Scheffler had it there. It just just you know, added to how much of an amazing bat, you know, Scheffler made a birdie putt of twice that length on 18, just to tie the match. So um, you had some, some amazing stuff going on. And of course, Cam Young was two down with three to play to Rory. You think that's a done deal. He comes back and wins that. So um, it's a great event. I look, I don't think match play is the best way to determine a tournament winner. Um, you know, because it's, it's very fluky, but that being said to do it once a year, I think is pretty cool. Um, it's just, it's different. 
Um, you know, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's easy for non-golf fans to follow it, certainly, because you see, you know, these one-on-one matchups, uh, you know, almost individual games out there. So I hope, again, that they find a way, um, you know, to, to, to find a match play thing. Obviously, the Zurich Classic changed yes. up and went to the two-man team format, and I think, you know, that's done well for them, just, just being something yeah. different on the PGA Tour Be schedule different. versus the, the regular old 72 holes. So, again, hopefully hopefully the PGA Tour comes to its senses, figures something out. I know sponsors aren't always crazy about match play because you could get a, a final day where you don't have stars out there. But guess what? That right. could happen at a stroke play event as well. So uh, hopefully we get some more match play back in the mix soon. And not to sound all technical, but I love it for another reason. Man, it gets you ready for the Ryder Cup, the President's Cup. It gets yeah. guys to yeah. get familiarity with that head-up thing, man, that they never see all year long. So that's that's why I kind of like it. Um, uh, Sam Burns lit up when he realized that he won on the same day as his idol, David Toms, who uh, overcame uh, Ratif Goosen um, to win uh, the Champion Tour's inaugural visit to Mission Hills. Oh, David's still swinging a good club. Apparently, I mean, talk about a guy with smooth tempo. He was never a bomber, but just had that smooth swing. Was a great putter. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. He's, you know, Burns is a bomber, but he's sneakily one of the best putters on tour. It's it's like he's got David Tom's putting, but he also yeah. has the ability to just crush the ball. So, uh, you know, little different styles there with those two. LSU Tigers, but uh, yeah, David Tom's still getting it done. Uh, David Tom's a guy. I look back, I'm I'm kind of surprised he he only uh, won the one major. I mean, he he was yeah. in the mix a lot of times. You would have mm-hmm. thought maybe at a U.S. Open he could have done it, uh, but whatever. He's had a, he had a tremendous career. He did win that one major. Obviously, beating Phil Mickelson down the stretch. Right. Um, and and yeah, great to see him still getting it done. Uh, the ch- look, you look at the Champions Tour leaderboard. I mean, there's a ton of guys on there. That, you know, VJ Singh and great you know, Bernard going for the record. Yeah, you've got great names right now on the Champions Tour. And, um, you know, too bad they're missing Phil Mickelson, but uh, they got some still some great names nonetheless. <laughs> Well, I also wanted to get you because we're not very far removed from uh, Augusta and the Masters. And I said this before, you know, uh, you know, when Michael Jordan retired or, or Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, who's going to carry the mantle when Michael retired and the NBA's in great shape? Man, mm-hmm. golf, they got so many talented players. I mean, you could throw a dart on a board with names all over it and. <laughs> Any one of them could win. Golf is in great shape. I, I agree, Jordy. I mean, you you don't want it to get to the point where it's too spread out at the top. But I think mm-hmm. right now it's still in that sweet spot. Um, and you are seeing the best players winning a ton of these events. I mean, you're not seeing a lot of huge upsets, uh, except for at the weeks where the big players aren't playing. So, right. you know, at the big events, you're seeing – the Roms, the the Rorys, the Schefflers, um, you know, they're coming through week after week. I mean, this is how good the top ten is right now, uh, Jordy. Sam Burns moves into the top ten. Justin <laughs> Thomas bumped out of the top ten for the first time in six years. I mean, that's a guy wow. who you go to a casual golf fan, they'd be stunned that he's not in the top five. Uh, but Just he's the motivation the, he the needed. Guy, the big name. What now? Just the motivation he needed. 
That's right. It might be just, exactly. It could be just the motivation he needs. And, you know, he's been the guy of those top guys who hasn't won as much these past couple of years. Now, the two wins he does have in the past two years are the PGA Championship and a Players' Championship, so pretty good couple wins there. But, you know, these other guys have been racking up wins, whether it's Sam yeah. Burns, who quickly has five wins, or uh, you know, Max Homa's up to six wins. He's got five wins in the last two seasons. Obviously, you mentioned Rob Scheffler with the six wins in the last 13, 14 months. So uh, Rory right around there as well. you got to win to stay up in that top 10, Jordy, I'm and that, that's you. what we like to see. Let me ask a, a dumb question, but I don't know the answer. So I'm going to ask the, the, the guy that knows it all. Uh, uh, is the Masters letting some of these live golfers play? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the live guys will be there. I, I believe it's 18 guys, okay. um, which is, I think there's only 89 players who are going to, who are qualified as of now. It's gonna, That would be the max, or, or I guess the winner of this week could get in as well. So you might see 90 guys. So live making up, you know, what's that, over 20%. <laughs> Of okay. the field, um, that, you know, and again, that's, I, I should point it out to to you know, casual golf fans who only watch the majors may be confused uh, and say, "Well, why are they letting them play?" Well, or why is the PGA Tour letting them play? Well, the PGA Tour doesn't control the Masters, obviously, it's right. just national, and in fact, the PGA Tour doesn't control any of the four majors. So, correct. Um, that's where you're going to see the live guys kind of come, you know go up against the PGA Tour guys in these battles um, at the four majors. Uh, so the U.S. Open be great. is letting them play, the British Open, um, you know, because if you these these events all have special qualifications, and so if you qualify, they're, yep. they're letting them in. And then, and then the PGA Championship as well so far is, is going to let them in. So, um, you know, the Players' Championship is the biggest event that's gotten hurt because that used to have – really the strongest field because not only did it have all the best guys, but it went deeper than some of these other ones that let in the, you know, the masters and the U S open and the British right. open let in the amateurs, the PGA championship lets in the, the 20 club pros. But now the players is actually by far the weakest of those big events because they didn't have the lift guys. They didn't have Cam Smith, the defending champ. They don't have Dustin Johnson. Um, so yeah, no, we are going to see the live guys at Augusta. Okay. There's a, a handful of those guys are masters champs, so we're going to see yeah, them right. forever. Uh, that's right. right. So, uh, yeah, Phil from Phil and uh, you know DJ and uh, Charles Schwartzel and I mean there's you, Sergio. I mean there's there's a bunch. Yeah. So yes, do we you, are going to see the lit guys go up against the PGA Tour guys uh, next week. I'll be curious what the fan reaction will be, and I'm curious. Yeah. Um, they only play three rounds in live golf. They got to play four on those hills, and I wonder what kind of condition these guys are in. Well, you know, the three to four, I think obviously they can make up for that. But you're no, you bring up a great point because I think what I just saw Dustin Johnson has played 22 competitive rounds since the British Open in July. Ooh. That's not a lot of rounds. So you're right. Really? Like maintaining, you know, your sharpness. You know, we always talk about what Tiger used to talk about getting his reps in. And unfortunately, he's never going to get a lot of reps in um, with, with his physical limitations now. But these guys, just from playing live and not playing a robust schedule um, and such a spread out schedule, they, we, we don't really know what shape their game is. I mean, Dustin Johnson has gone. I think T35 and T13 in the first two live events, that's only against 48 guys. Cam mm-hmm. Smith doesn't have a top 10 in those first two events. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so there's definitely, you know, question marks are for real with these guys in terms of just how sharp they are um, in in competitive golf. They just haven't done that much right. of it since going to live. We shall see. Uh, Alex yep. Myers, you're the best. I always appreciate uh, you coming on board, man. I, it, you, you make my day. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you got it, Jordy. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Take care. Alex Myers, Golf Digest. We'll take a time out here when we come back. Pell's four-game winning streak. Can they make it five tonight against the Trailblazers? Ali Cassell next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The world-famous Harlem Globetrotters are returning to the Cajun Dome Saturday, April 15th. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to help you score tickets to the thrilling show. Text GLOBE to 337-283-8100 to score a family four-pack of tickets. That's GLOBE, G-L-O-B-E, to 337-283-8100. Shoot a text, get your tickets, be amazed at the Globetrotters. Train ball handling skills, dunks, and laugh-out-loud antics. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. We are back 20 minutes after the hour. Eight games left in the regular season. The Pelicans are in eighth place in the Western Conference with a chance to win their fifth straight tonight as they take on the Portland Trailblazers. Just when I think I got them figured out, bam, I, I, I don't know what else to do. But I'm thrilled that they're winning. And Ali Cassell from At The Bird Rights is available and ready to talk some hoops. Ali, help me. Can you figure this team out yet? No, but I'll tell you what, things are a lot better than the last time I talked to you, right? They had <laughs> lost to the Lakers, sure. lost to the Rockets, but they, of course, won one game in Houston. So things weren't looking great. But, yeah, since then, I think this team's trending upwards, Jordy. And you don't just look at the, what they're doing on the court, right, in terms of just the wins and losses. Yeah. Brandon Ingram's looking like that guy we saw in the playoffs yeah. last year. They have rediscovered Jonas Valanciunas, so he's getting you almost 20-10. and 10. And then C.J. and Trey, you know, they're in lesser roles now. I think they like that. They're more comfortable. Look, on any given night, it seems like those guys are going to put 80 points for you. So that, that's almost all the battle right there. Yeah, Ingram named the Western Conference Player of the Week, uh, led led New Orleans to a 3-0 and record, 31 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds in 33 minutes, shot the ball very 53% from the field, 46 from downtown, didn't miss a free throw. Sheesh. Okay, you're right. He, he He's become the man again. I love it. Yeah, you absolutely have to. <clears throat> Look, the Pelicans don't have a traditional point guard. We all know that. And then when Zion Williamson went down, the offense, of course, fell apart. And I think a big reason was there was just no direction, right? C.J. McCollum, for as long as he's played in the league and he's been in some big games, he's just never going to be that guy for you that can lead an offense for a whole game. Right. And then behind right. him, there, there's really nobody else. So you needed Brandon for when he came back to do just to fill that role because he's done it in the past. But for whatever reason, he didn't, you know, he wasn't able to fit into it right away, right? So even though he's putting up numbers after coming off that toe injury, Pelicans still weren't winning, but now it looks like everything he does has such an impact, right? A positive impact. The way he started last game, for instance, scored, what, first six out of the eight points, assisted the other one. And that's just been a trend for him like the last week where he's either scoring 
or setting up a, a player. And I'll tell you what, when he gets 10 or more assists, Pelicans love it because they're 8-0 whenever he's done it in his career in the Pels uniform. I'm with you. That uh, 131-110 win Saturday over the Clippers really surprised me. I I, I didn't expect that, uh, but thrilled that they got it. Um, what are you hearing about Dame Lillard um, taking on the Pels tonight? Are they shutting him down, or what, what, what's the deal there? It feels like they most certainly will. Look, they're almost already right out of the uh, playing yeah. contention. They they're, just fallen off they're the map on that so tight much. rope. Yeah. And yeah, right, Jordy. And then look, they want to keep their first round pick this season. So I think if it falls in the lottery, it might be top 10 protected. I'm not sure. I need to look it up. But okay. they get to keep it if it finishes high, right? But if it falls down, say if they were to make him play in tournament, especially the playoffs, they would lose it, right? I, I forget with, with what trade, but they wouldn't own it anymore. So it behooves them because they need help, right? And staying right. the Victor Wimbanyama sweepstakes, well, that's what I would be doing if I'm the front office up there. So. Yeah. I expect for Dame to sit. He hasn't played much lately. Neither has, you know, the rest of their good players like Nurkic and Jeremiah Grant. So I think we're going to get the bare bones edition, which is going to be great. That's going to be great. You got to win one of the next two. You got the Warriors coming up on a back, back end of a back-to-back. Yes, they got beat by the Timberwolves last night, um, but they're fighting for their – they're trying to keep that uh, that number six spot in the playoffs. They're just a half a game ahead of Minnesota, just one full game ahead of the Pelicans. So you're going to get Golden State's best. So um, you never know, right? You, you never know, but let's win one of the next two. Then you got to go to Denver. Denver's already clinched uh, a play playoff position they're three games ahead of the grizzly who knows what they're gonna do right who knows but you got to play in that rarefied air so one out of the next three and then you gotta you gotta take care of business at home after that i couldn't agree more when this road trip began i wanted to see two and two i i thought everything hinged the rest of the season right yeah coming out 500 when they got that big one against the clippers i feel like now we can get greedy i mean the falcons they should Right, be able to overcome Portland. If they play anywhere the way they've played over the last week, they'll get that win. So then can right. you steal one, like you said, either against Golden State or Nuggets? Because, boy, would that be huge. All of a sudden, I think we're looking at not just making the play-in tournament, but actually getting right either seven, eight, or even maybe five or six because all those teams are bunched up right there. The Wolf yep. Warriors, I know they played at home where they're fantastic, Jordy, but they just lost to the Timberwolves last night yep. at their place. So Pelicans could beat them if they play really well, maybe. You're right. And look, the Kings, yeah, they're going to be the three seed. Grizzlies, mm-hmm. they're going to be the two seed in all likelihood. So they may rest some people. I mean, you never know. And it may, it may all come down to that last game on Sunday, April 9th against the Minnesota Timberwolves. They got Carl Anthony Towns back. Um, that's a pretty good team, a dangerous club. They, As you mentioned, they, they went into um, the Chase Center and beat Golden State where they rarely lose at home. Right, they're they're on I think on a three game winning streak, and suddenly they're fully healthy. I mean, just look at some of their wins. Right, it wasn't just awards, but I, I think you're, I'm, it's impressive anytime you go into New York and beat the Knicks because I think yeah. the Knicks are legitimately one of the better teams in the league. Right, maybe top eight. So yeah, Minnesota's suddenly trending well, and, and you're right, being separated by what would you just say just half a game in the standings. You've got yeah. to think that that last game of the season might be able to determine a lot, right? Whether you get in the top six, maybe grab seven or eight, or end up nine or ten. Just one game because that's direct competition for that spot. Um, 
behind the Pelicans, the Lakers, a half a game behind uh, New Orleans, Oklahoma City, a half a game behind. Dallas is a team you got to look out for. Uh, they're a game and a half out. They're going in the wrong direction. They've lost four in a row. That Kyrie Luka thing just doesn't seem to be working, uh, but you never know. They may catch on fire, and and but um, but that's a team you got to look for, I believe, um, more so than anybody else. Right, because they've got easily a top-five player in the league, right? Luka Doncic, he's won so many big games in his young career already that he knows that this is put-up-or-shut-up time. And, you know, I think he scored 40 points in their last game, which, of course, was, as you mentioned, a loss. They've lost four in a row. I'll be honest, Jordy, when I look at the standings right now, I think the teams that you see currently inside that play-in tournament line, like the Lakers, Mm -hmm. the Thunder, I think they're going to stay there. I just don't have faith in the Mavericks. I mean, it's been more than a handful of games for he and Kyrie, right, Luka and Kyrie to play together, and they still can't win. So I don't know. I I just don't see them suddenly discovering how to play defense or let alone getting some more offense around those two guys because that roster, it's barren. Yeah, they got to go to Indiana today. Um, They got to play the 76ers on the road let's see i'm pulling it up as we speak um because that's the team you got to look for 76ers on the road miami on the road atlanta on the road they come back Mm -hmm. they host the kings the bulls and the spurs so uh the spurs is going to be a win heck the bulls bulls are playing pretty good basketball you never know you know are the kings going to play everybody or not Mm -hmm. uh the hawks in atlanta you don't want to play miami in in South Beach and the Sixers are, uh, I like I like the I like the Pels' chances, but they gotta they gotta get a split of these next two, um, and take care and and pack the old Smoothie King Center and go from there. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Get the win tonight, then okay, put up a good fight. Maybe you can grab one against either the Warriors or Nuggets, but come home and win three of those four games. I know that's tough, right? The competition yeah. it's not, it's not going to be easy with was it the Kings. The Grizzlies, the Knicks, and I'm forgetting one other team, but you've got to find a way. If not, then you're going to have to go to Minnesota and probably get a win. So I think that's the scenario. You win one of these next three at a minimum, three of them at home, and that way you can avoid, like I said, having to win on the road, which has been difficult for them. Um, Murphy had 37 minutes uh, with 32 points. Ingram, 34 minutes, 32 points. Valanchunas, 32 minutes with 17. McCullum, 35 minutes. So you can see at this point in time, that bench is shortened a little bit. Herb Jones had 23 minutes. Josh Richardson had a big game, 25 minutes, had 13 points. Najee with 22 minutes. Um, so that bench is shortened a little bit. Uh, and you gotta go. You gotta you gotta ride your horses, man. You can't you can't afford a loss now. Yeah, and I agree with the decision making for that. Look, if you had Zion and Jose, of course you'd be playing a much bigger rotation. But right. guys right. can trust, right? I mean, off the bench, really, I only trust Larry Nance and yep. probably Josh Richardson right now. Dyson, right. he just hasn't looked aggressive enough for me. I nope. don't think the confidence is there. And nope. Najee, while he can give you a lot, and I think that Najee should still be in a rotation, he's a guy that you can maybe play some nights 10 to 12 if he's not having a good game, or more than 20 if he is. You'll know so early. Really, yeah, yeah, that sounds like eight to me, and I, I'm, I'm fine with it. You've got to get these okay. wins. Yeah, you, you, you'll know early whether he's on or he's off and go from there. Um, all right, let's get a win tonight against Portland. I gotta gotta get this one, especially if but those are the kind of teams that scare me. When you look at the lineup card and you go, Oh gosh, 
I hope the Pels don't look at it. I hope they get out to a fast start and let's put this baby to bed and head to San Francisco tomorrow and take your chances from there. But tonight, I think another one of those must-win situations. We will see it. Ali, thank you so much for your time as always. You're the best. Absolutely, Jordy. Hopefully we'll have another happy talk next week. (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm keeping my hopes. Keep hope alive because hope floats, baby. Hope floats. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. Pell's Trailblazers tonight in the great Northwest. Um, LSU loses a defensive line coach. That dadgum Sean Payton robbing us. Who's going to take the place? He's got to be able to coach. More importantly, though, recruit. I think so. We'll talk to Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast, next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We are brought to you daily by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. Man, if you can't shop right at ShopRite, seriously, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air. From the inside out, Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. Eon is the premier touchless robotic lazy bo- laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction by the Louisiana Lottery. Oh, so many games to play, but you can't win. Till you start playing DC's little capital Exxon. Oh, everything under the sun inside their store. And tucked away in the corner, their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger ever, and by Cajun Chef. Ah, Kim Mulkey says she's going to kick back, eat some crawfish. Well, guess what? Do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back 37 minutes after the hour. Always fun with our next guest on Mondays, Blake Rafino from the RU Serious Podcast. Before we get to LSU, and and I, I know you've been researching and who's going to be the new defensive line coach and all that stuff. I got to bring this up uh, for the first time. Uh, Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast. Uh, Jimbo yeah. Fisher actually talked to the media for the first time since hiring Bobby Petrino as, as his offensive coordinator. And the first question was, who will call plays? And Jimbo Fisher stammered, stalled, and said, I mean, uh, we'll go through that as we go. How, how are you, sir? This is a recipe for disaster, isn't it? Um, yeah, but I, I think he's going to let him call, call plays though, Jordy. I, I, I just okay. don't, I, I just don't think that Bobby Petrino is coming in not to call plays. I can't okay. see it because the, the crazy thing about it, Jordy, is the next or the day before that Jimbo. So hold on, let me, uh, I forget the gentleman's name. I think it was Tex Eggs, Billy Lucci. So yep. they were given like a full practice or whatever, right? Well, guess okay. who was calling all the plays in practice? Petrino. Oh, so, okay. I, 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 so I do take a step back when he says that. I do think it's a little bit maybe overreaction in reference to, in, in reference to maybe what he said. I don't know. He, 
Jordy, these coaches aren't good at press conferences sometimes, and Jimbo's, Jimbo's definitely one of them. <laughs> but then right. I look at the hard footage, and then they're going their scrimmage, and they're showing him calling plays, right? So okay. I don't right. know what to think. <laughs> Jury's out on that one. We'll see. We'll see no when doubt. the lights come on and they start keeping score. Uh, we'll see. Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. All right. Um, uh, Sean Payton comes in and uh, takes LSU defensive line coach Jamar Kane uh, up to Denver. So, how big of a loss? And with spring practice going on, how quickly is uh, a higher imminent? Um, I, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily imminent, you know, okay. um, I, I would not be, so I would not be shocked whenever the coaching hire is made. So okay. I, so Jordan, let me tell you what happened Saturday. Okay. And I All put right. this on our message board. I talked about this on our show. So Jamar Kane has been frequented on our show through during the off season, uh, Saturday when the news broke. Uh, we talked to him, or I talked to him exclusively. This was not necessarily something that uh, was weeks upon then. He told me that he was uh, offered this past Thursday, and today he flew to Denver and signed the contract. Okay. So this has moved pretty quickly. Now, if BK knew that he was leaving, it would be news to, to BK because Jamar Kane wasn't offered until Thursday. Gotcha. So – I don't and now that and now that's part of Jamar Kane and he's not, you know, he's not. I mean, he has nothing. You know, what's he going to lie about in reference to that? Right. I mean, he said right. that that's fine. he didn't even want to talk on the record until he signed it today, which I think happens at three o'clock West Coast time. So what is that, Jordan? In a couple of hours or something like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, in reference to it being imminent, I, I think that there's a couple names that you could you could definitely look into. Number one, that being. That being Bo Davis out of Texas, I have a lot of questions there, Jordy. Is LSU willing to spend $1.8 million in a buyout to buy him out from his current contract at Texas? And then he had the show calls. But, Jordy, the show calls doesn't bother me anymore because of the simple nature that Hugh Freeze got hired at Auburn, right? I mean, his show calls was worse than anything Bo Davis did. Um, so he's a type of capitalist. I think Mike Elston, who is the current defensive line coach in Michigan, needs to really be looked at because, Julie, he was with Brian Kelly for 17 seasons. Now he's back in Michigan where he graduated and grew up. But would he leave home? So those are the two top names I think you can look at. And then a third, Jill Chapman, who was at Colorado a season ago. He's probably going to take over at least this week on an interim right. basis, at minimum, uh, he was a GA at LSU, or not GA, but a our assistant um, right now at LSU. So he's got to take over the defensive line. It could go. It could go, Jordy. We could have an answer tomorrow. We could have an answer at the end of spring. Right now, I just don't know. Um, in relevance, what do you weigh more? What do you think, Brian Kelly? I know he wants the total package. I know he wants a coach that can do both. But what's more important, the coaching of the defensive line or the recruiting aspect of of the defensive line? I think recruiting – and now, you, if you had to come to it, Jordy, at some point, like, let's call it what it is, right? 
why does Nick Saban win games? It's because he gets the elite dudes up front. Okay? Absolutely. At some point, you're going to – like Jalen Carter is bigger, faster, stronger than every defensive tackle. Okay? So, mm-hmm. you know what makes him really good and, and guys like Walter Nolan at A&M really good? It's because the simple nature, they're better than everybody. So, if you can bring in elite defensive talent, and especially along the defensive line, I, I would rather you bring in the dudes and then figure out what, you know, because you have a really good head coach that can help development. So, and with that being said, I'd rather get the elite guys in here more than anything. Let me ask you this. Do you think Brian Kelly does this unilaterally, or do you think he brings in Matt House? Because I bring up a name, Jimmy Brumbaugh, used to, was a defensive, uh, was an assistant strength and conditioning coach at LSU, and he worked with Matt House during his time at Kentucky. Right now, he's the D-line coach at Coastal Carolina. He has SEC experience from his time at Auburn. Do you think Matt House gets brought in to the conversation, or is this a Brian Kelly and Brian Kelly only? I hope it. I hope that he gets the recommendations of Matt House. I also hope that Brian Kelly makes the ultimate decision because we know with coordinators, and if you have success, Jordan, if they win the West again, Matt House is gone. Right. right? I mean, so if, as an example, uh, Jordan, here, here's the problem that I that I, I see right now. Okay, this is not Jamar Kane's fault because he came in behind the eight ball. He got the defensive line in reference to the interior a lot better. Jordy, we ranked at 80th last year in sacks. 95% of that production came from Harold Perkins and B.J. Ojolari and guys on the yep. outside. You yep. even have to put the three sacks that Makai Lingo had as him being an outside pass rusher because that's where he got them. Jordy, we got to get better in the middle. So Does, Doesn't Mason Smith can, answer that a little it, bit? What's that? Doesn't Mason Smith answer that just a little bit? If Jordan, he's let me healthy? ask you this. Let me ask you a very serious question. Does Mason Smith need to prove it? Because oh, no before question. we say anything no more question. about Mason Smith, yes. Jordan, we're two seasons we're two seasons in here now. We don't know how he's going to respond to an ACL injury. Yeah. Now You're right. we're projecting him we're projecting him to be really good. Now I'm on that I'm on that side. I think he's gonna be really good. But on the on the same token, okay. He's only one dude, and Brian Kelly answered this the other day, and he's spot on with it. Jordy, the, the likelihood of him getting double teamed is 90%. Okay? okay? That's what happened to him against Florida State. So you're going to have to still find another dude in the interior that can get no somewhat form of a pass rush. Yeah. So yeah. I, my whole thing with guys that Matt House worked with, it's kind of like the Dave Aranda thing, right, where Dave wanted his – he wanted Bill Bush – Okay, sounds good. But the defensive line is just such a crucial position. You can get away with sometimes doing things at safety that you can't get away with the defensive line. If, okay. if you can hire Bo Davis with, with, with whoever Matt House wants, with all respect to Matt House, you tell Matt House that he's going to have to deal with it. <laughs> right. Okay, and I think that I Matt House you. would deal with Bo Davis being, you know, on campus because then you have Frank Wilson and then you have – Bo Davis on your staff from a recruiting standpoint. That's pretty good. Good googly yeah. moogly. 
That's that's pretty darn good. All right, I asked you this question way back when. I'm going to ask you again. She's knocking okay. on the door. Who's going to win the first national championship? Baseball's number one in the country, and Kim Mulkey's in the final four. Wow. Oh, man. Wow. I, I Look, it is, astar- it is astonishing what she's done. I just don't know. They can't I shoot I just it. don't they, know. No. No. If, 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 if LSU women's basketball could be Iowa or South Carolina, I, I no, don't know, can't, Jordan. Can't score enough. I'm with you. I am with you. I heard Blake Rafino that uh, Kim Mulkey got that uh, Friday jacket from your closet. Is that true with all the pink feathers and all that stuff on it? Uh, it was my wife's closet. <laughs> she she is she is amazing. She's amazing. Um, yeah, they got to shoot it back. They can't keep up with Iowa and South Carolina. That I mean, that's that's the must see game. Uh, when when um, South Carolina wins tonight, you got those two teams going up. That that Caitlin Clark, she is spectacular, spectacular. Um, LSU baseball wins two out of three. What was your biggest takeaway from that? Don't overreact to a Friday night loss. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, Jordy, it's baseball. And then you turn right around, you run rule the number five team in Arkansas, and then you come back and you have, you almost run rule them again. You're run away from run ruling them two times on Saturday. And so I think it's smart in a lot of, in a lot of ways that Jay pushed it up into a doubleheader just because, Jordy, you're playing Tennessee and, and you got Doe Lander on Thursday. So I think, Jordan, they're impressive. I mean, they're – I don't know what you can – the only thing that – there's two things I'm massively concerned. Starting pitching and can you find a guy that can come in relief? And because you're not going to be able through a three-game series to keep LSU down. And Dylan Cruz isn't of his planet. He's just not of his planet. <laughs> Jordy, we're almost halfway through the season. He's hitting five. He's hitting five. It's, it's if he continues, Blake, if he continues this, he's the greatest LSU baseball player ever, 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 without a doubt. And, and Jordy, here's the, here. You know, I hate this comparison because everybody says, "Well, Todd Walker and and, and, and whoever you want to put in there." My problem with that is, well, if you take the bats away from him and give it to Dylan Cruz, then what happens? If you give Dylan Cruz the bats from the 1990s, then what happens? Jordy, he Ooh. might have too many home runs right now. Ooh. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's something special. Um, yeah, uh, Thatcher heard little up, little down. I thought Ty Floyd responded well, and and the the fact that he got into the seventh inning was critical. That was terrific. Yeah. Um, your boy's coming in town, Tony Vitello. Oh yeah, your boy. Yeah. You know, I hate I hate to say something negative about Italians, um, but he's going down. <laughs> he's going down. Ah, Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. It's always fun. Thank you so much for your time, man. Have a great week. Thanks, Jordan. Go Tigers. Take care of yourself. We'll take a final time out uh, when we come back. A couple of birthday wishes here after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
Well, I'm going to tell you what, uh, the Karen Crow Cultural District invites you to a free family event that celebrates the spring season and Easter. The downtown Karen Crow Spring Festival will be held this Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Patriots Pavilion behind City Hall in downtown Karen Crow. There'll be an Easter egg hunt, games and activities, cookie decorating crafts, local food, and more. So come out this Saturday. Have some fun at the downtown Karen Crow Spring Festival. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a stake. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, again, congratulations to the LSU women's basketball team from the head coach to all the assistant coaches to the administrative staff to each and every one of the players, managers. What a what a phenomenal accomplishment. 32 and 2 this season. It's kind of remarkable. What a, what a year so far, um, and it's it's not over. They're packing up again, and this time they from South Carolina. They're heading to Texas, and they'll uh, be in Dallas. They'll play Friday um, at American Airlines Center against tonight's winner, Ohio State versus Virginia Tech. Now the women's they're gonna be some number one seed. So so book. South Carolina going to be there, and I'm going to take Virginia Tech over Ohio State. Ohio State, the team that knocked LSU out of the tournament a year ago. Uh, but I, I'm going to pick the two number one seeds to win tonight and advance to the women's Final Four. The men's Final Four is set. UConn's the highest seed at, at a four seed. Uh, Florida Atlantic, how about that? Miami's in there. It's just uh, – just uh, remarkable stuff. It's been it's been a tournament that's lived up to all the billing. Thanks to our guest today, Glenn West of Go247 Sports, Alex Myers, Golf Digest, Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights, and Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. Uh, tomorrow, more on uh, these NFL meetings and stuff. Bob Rose will join us, um, and we'll preview everything and everything that's happening in the world of sports. But the NFL is hot and heavy for sure. James Mesh. Thank you so much. And your producer's chair today, flawless, flawless performance, my friend. Well, well done. Uh, To all of you for listening in, in whatever form or fashion, radio, internet, television, we thank you. Our partners, you know, we couldn't do it without you. It's impossible. So thank you for your support through all these years. Greatly appreciate that. Um, So come on back tomorrow, same time, two to four. Same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything, everything you can to stay healthy. Uh, let's be kind to one another and be happy. Life is short. Let's enjoy it. So with that being said, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh is next. So long, everybody. Have a great rest of your Monday. <laughs>